Welcome to an Athlete for Life podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lawrence, and every week we share the stories of everyday people who strive to be an athlete for life in hopes that these stories spark that fire from within you to help you become the best version of yourself. With that being said, let's get into the episode and enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to an Athlete for Life podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lawrence, and let's get into the first episode. So this first episode is just to outline who I am uh, as the host and my reasons for starting the podcast, the goal of the podcast, and yeah, just covering some background about who I am. Um, so moving forward, that way we can focus on the, the guests we have on and, and listen to their stories and, and hopefully learn something. So the reason for starting the podcast is I enjoy listening to podcasts myself, um, as I think many people do nowadays, and the amount of knowledge I've been able to gain from other podcasts and bring into my life just to help me uh, become a better person overall is substantial over the last year and a half, two years. So I'm hoping to be able to share some stories from people um, that give you a new perspective or new thoughts on life. Um, and the main reason for starting the podcast is uh, going to athletic events on weekends for like Spartan Race, Ironmans, uh, triathlons. I just found that in talking with everyday people, they always have like amazing stories of, you know, overcoming some hardship or or something happened to them and that, you know, they didn't think they were going to get over. But here they are, you know, at the end of the end of the journey and uh, they've made it. Um, so I think it's good to kind of tell those stories as, you know, we only see the finish line photos and we don't often get to hear the, the full stories behind it. So I think it will help um, hearing everyone's kind of story and, and they're all going to be unique in their own way. And hopefully we are able to learn something from each and every one of these uh, people that will be on the podcast. So again, the, the goal of the podcast is, you know, for these people who I have on to tell their story of um, their journey that got them to becoming an athlete, you know, an, an everyday person becoming an athlete. And yeah, just never know whose story is going to change your, change your life or you hear something that you're like, oh, wow, like I'm dealing with that and you can relate to it. And that's, that's the power of story, you know. So let's get into uh, my background and who am I? You know, who, why you listen to me? <laughs> so uh, I grew up in a small town uh, in Ontario, Canada. Uh, sports was in my everyday life. You know, my dad did triathlons and, and ran a, uh, every day. Uh, my mom was or is a still fitness instructor. So I just grew up and, and all I saw around me was uh, athletic things. So I just thought it was, you know, just a normal way to, to live, uh, fortunately enough for me. Um, so going into elementary school, I just remember as a kid, you know, recess was always the best time, uh, for me at least, cause you know, at, at recess, you got to go outside and just be outside, play sports. And I just loved it. So <laughs> I don't know if that was just an early love for sport, but, uh, yeah. Um, during elementary school, I, uh, was enrolled in karate. I, I don't remember if if I wanted to do it or if my parents put me in, but either way, I'm glad it, it happened because um, definitely learned a lot of key 
key values from karate. Uh, discipline being one. Um, self-discipline, I guess. Um, I remember one day I didn't want to go to to karate class. You know, got home from school, wanted to, you know, I finished homework, wanted to play video games or whatever. Uh, and then I remember my mom saying, she's like, you know, if you don't go this one time, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go in there and and talk to the instructor and tell him you quit. And I was like, uh, I can't do that, you know, like so I'm gonna suck it up. I'm gonna go this time. And I, I went to that class and I just remember having a good time again. And like, it was just in the moment where I didn't want to be there. Like, I didn't want to go. Um, but that discipline of just being like, okay, well, you're either going to do it or you're going to quit because there's no, you know, there's no two options. You don't, you don't get to half, half ass something. It's either you're in or you're out. So that was definitely something I learned right away. Um, and also with karate, it was, it was like, it kind of transitioned to mixed martial arts as well, but there's always that uh, creed aspect to it where we'd uh, recite creeds, and, and one was just like basically outlining respect and what respect is, and and I think from there just it really kind of ingrained into me like, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, like be respectful the entire your entire life. So uh, that's something I picked up, you know, Besides just the athletic part of karate, um, moving around all the time, but also learning that like mental skill of self-discipline, uh, what respect is, and, and just respect for others that when you're on the mat training, like you don't want to, you're not trying to hurt each other, you know, you're trying to improve and get better. So uh, moving into high school sports, um, my high school, when I was going into grade nine, was bringing back the football team which is the first team in 50 years. Um, so for some reason, you know, I just, I, I thought I'd sign up and try that out, even though I was a smaller kid at the time. Uh, I'm glad I did because that was definitely the next seven years of, of my life uh, into football. But yeah, so I mean, I just remember, even though I was small and, and, and wasn't the biggest and strongest, fastest, I just would give... 100% on every play or every practice. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely the foundation of me eventually being able to start and, and play my whole career. Um, and then growing up, I played basketball, so I tried out for the high school team. Uh, didn't make it in grade 9, but then afterwards made it every other year. Um, I think that just had to do with my confidence level. Um I kind of held back a bit, didn't, you know, didn't go all out there. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely, definitely trying to build some confidence in uh, these younger high school years. Um, but then I also played soccer, golf, badminton, just kind of all sports, really. Um, yeah, and then my high school football team did not have a, team in my grade 11 and 12 year um i think that's junior senior um we just didn't have enough people um so i actually stayed for an extra year of high school just to upgrade my classes so if i had a chance to play university football which i'm glad i did because then in grade 13 like we had a senior high school football team and i was able to take on uh different roles for that so um before I was just playing on defense, uh, but for grade thirteen I was able to play quarterback, uh, kicker, punter, 
and and defense as well. I think uh, I was either safety or linebacker. I can't remember fully. It's whatever we needed at the time. So that kind of taught me just, it gave me like the ability that if you don't know something, like I never knew um, how to play quarterback before, right? But I could throw the ball. Um, and so I went from like never playing on offense to the entire year kind of running offense. So it was just a good lesson of whatever you don't know, you can learn how to do. So it's just, you just have to put the time in and, and you'll be able to learn. So um, going into summer league football, um, which I played because obviously didn't have the football in high school for those two years. Um, kind of had the same thing. I was smaller. Um, I didn't really know anybody on the teams. So every time I'd go into them, I'd have to constantly like prove myself and I'd go from like third on the depth chart to starting. Um, and that was just coachability. I think that's a big thing is I was able to take what they were saying and apply it to practice, to the games. And if you can just do what the coaches are telling you to do, and obviously sometimes you have to improvise yourself, but the biggest thing I think is coachability there and, and doing what they're telling you to do, but then also doing it at a hundred percent, right? So like, if you're going to mess up, at least mess up going 100% because at least you can say, oh, you know, I thought it was this. And I went full on and, and gave it my all. Um, and, and people will start to notice that. Like, they'll notice you're never taking a playoff. You know, you're running to the ball. Um, yeah. So I just remember summer league, I'd always, I went, I played for two different teams. So one year I was on one team. Next year, I moved to a different team, and, and just I had to go through the same things every time. Um, so I got the opportunity to play university football, and that was kind of last minute. You know, I my summer league coach sent a couple messages out to, I got two universities potentially offering me uh, just to come play. No scholarships, nothing like that. So again, university football, I... Remember, it was like yesterday, uh, the first exhibition game we had, I was fourth on the depth chart um, to play. I was defensive back, so uh, corner half or safety. And uh, it was, yeah, so it was the exhibition game. Um, the first three guys ahead of me were, you know, they weren't having a good game. And, you know, it came down to me and, Finally, coach put me in there, and I would, I just did what I always always knew in my in my head. It's just, you know, coaches are always looking for someone giving a hundred percent and someone doing what they're what they're coached to do. You know, like there's a reason you're coached, and you're not just out there doing your own thing. You know, so it's it. I I just remember flying around. Um, yeah, some balls got caught. But I remember I was just right there and like would either make the tackle or maybe get a pass breakup. And there's one specific play where um, I was I was out of position. Um, the ball was thrown over me uh, into the end zone, and I remember just running as fast as I can, like Superman dove, knocked it out of the air, and, and I just remember the the cheering from the sideline and 
and since that play like I never looked back and and I always just gave 100% and I started every game I ever played in uh in university after that and yeah just it's amazing what uh just being coachable and and giving 100% on every play uh can do for you and same goes for working life and things like that right like if you can be coachable or manageable and and do task and and even take um, initiative to do your own your own things and like giving that extra or that hundred percent you know every time every day in and out uh, it just it will add it will consistently compound right and you'll just see you might not see the the benefits of the outcome today or you know this week but give it a couple months years and you'll you'll start to see it so after university, um, I think it was 2018, 2019, um, I found, all right, you know, you always hear that athletes identify their personality with their sport and they find it hard to move on from that um, because it kind of cuts, it gets cut out right there, right? Um, but for me, I think growing up and just, I never identified with one specific sport. Like, yeah, I love football, but I always knew that I'd always be um, invested or part of sport or athletics. So at first it was a bit hard just because the structure kind of goes out the window. Um, you're used to, you know, this is the time you're going to um, train. This is the time we have practice. This is the time you have to study hall and things like that with university, but moving from university, it's like, well, now it's all up to you. Um, which, again, football kind of teaches you those skills too. It's like, at the end of the day, it truly is on you to show up for lifts, meetings, and everything like that. So graduating university, I just, to myself, I was like, okay, I'm still going to do what I can to be involved in athletics. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do at the time. And then the next step was to find a job and and that was a constant battle like I had to take some jobs that I didn't want to do but I needed money at the time so you can't be picky about it and sitting at where I am now is like I know that just always looking to uh, improve or move forward and and improve myself and my own knowledge like as hard as whatever the times were it was it's all worth it in the end right like and in another five years I, I'm gonna probably be seeing the same thing but yeah so after university I was able to move on uh, got a job continued training um, I was mainly just doing like weightlifting and and that's about it um, I didn't really I wasn't challenged myself I played in like a flag football league which was which was fun um, but there's something I think it was like eight months after, maybe a year after, I think. Um, I started looking into new physical challenges like uh, triathlon or, or running, and I started picking those up. Uh, I remember I did, actually that summer I graduated, I did. I was working for a landscaping company, and I would, every Monday I would do Murph Monday. So I'd run the Murph, which is a, uh, fun workout I guess with a, a 45 pound vest or 25 pound and then you run a mile uh, I think it's 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups and 300 squats and then run a mile 
So I would do that every Monday. And that was kind of like my challenge. Um, but then I started getting, after that summer, I was just like, okay, yeah, there's got to be something more I can, I can challenge myself with. Like football, there was always a challenge. Like there's always pressure to be better because um, you didn't want to lose that starting position. So then I looked um, just into different challenges and I started running more. At first, I, I remember I thought like running two miles or three miles was, was a big accomplishment. And like it was at the time, but now I've ran so many more miles that it's just like now one or two miles is just like oh that's just like a, a warm-up but it's it's all based on where you start right um so i remember reading david goggins his book can't hurt me and that kind of kicked it off for me i was like man i gotta keep like i can't just become comfortable at any point in life like being comfortable is just not a good place to be it's it just I, I just feel like there's always something that I can be challenging myself with or doing something. And, you know, I still struggle at some points throughout certain days where I'm like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, ah, I've got to be doing something more. So I read his book and, and then I did the 4 by 4 by 48 challenge, which is run four miles every four miles every four hours for 48 hours, um, which is that was fun. Uh and then after that, well, I guess that winter I kind of trained for the 4 by 4 by 48 And also um, because uh, COVID was a thing, um, I did a solo marathon. Um, there was no races, so I just kind of went out and ran a marathon myself. Um, had my parents <laughs> give out hydration to me at certain points just so, or nutrition, so I could fuel myself for the run. And then yeah, that kind of that kind of kicked off my endurance, like um, endurance training, I guess. And from there, I was like, oh, I, there's so many challenging things that endurance brings. So now, I incorporate strength training with endurance training, and um, I did my first. So and the next thing from these um, was I want to do an Ironman. Uh, or a triathlon, so swim, bike, run, uh, and the the first event, so I had to go and order a bike, because I didn't have one at the time, so I ordered it in, like, October of 2019, or, yeah, 20, no, 20, yeah, 2020, uh, it took eight to nine months to come in, so that was, that was just a waiting game, and that was a, it's crazy. It's, it's a, when you want a goal, I wanted to train for it now, right? So I wanted to do, start training for a triathlon, but I didn't have the bike, so I had to order it. And I truly just had to wait those eight to nine months, you know? And so that's when I did the, I started running more, ran through the winter, then did the four by four by 48 solo marathon. So I just kind of shifted my, my goals, you know, and, and that's what you have to do. Sometimes you're not going to be lined up to be able to get to a certain goal. So sometimes, okay, now you got to take a little side road. And, and you got to be okay with adjusting. And and you can't be stuck just at a certain thing the entire time. Sometimes these other challenges are going to come. You're going to have to weave in and out of them. But I got my bike uh, nine months later, I think, in 
at the end of July. And then at that same time, they opened up an Ironman 70.3 that was near me. So I signed up and I was like, oh, I only have like a month and a half to train. Luckily, I had obviously been running uh, prior. So my running uh, was pretty good. And I tried to swim a bit just in the pool, which is I tied a rope to my waist and and swam that way. And then, yeah, uh, was able to get a month of biking in. And um, yeah, that was a eye-opening experience. I, it was It was good. It took me five and a half hours for the Ironman 70.3, which um, the bike was awful. You know, I survived the swim, but then the run was great. And it kind of opened my eyes to like, I did so many months prior training of running that like my run was spectacular. And I remember running past people who just like everyone was walking and I was just feeling good. And I was like, what can I do if I train all three of these like consistently for uh, like six to seven months and then I was like okay next year I'm doing it I'm doing the Ironman 70.3 again and then I was like you know what I'm gonna do a full Ironman I'm, I will be an Ironman um, so that's going into 2022 so now um, I did do the Ironman 70.3 I know I, I got a plan uh, for 28 weeks of training for an Ironman for uh, Ironman 140.6 in Montremblant and like two weeks ago now, uh, or three weeks ago, uh, I became an Ironman. So that was that was awesome. That was the past couple of years for me. And oh, also within that time, um, I I had a job um, that I didn't mind, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. So I remember I saved up a bunch of my money, and then I did a, a graduate certificate for a year, and was able to to change my career path and. And I knew the whole time while I was training, it's like, okay, uh, I'm currently a student again. Or I went from having a job and half or part-time job, part-time student. Then I had to move up, do full-time student while training. And then I got a new job, had to move. I think I was in three different places while training for the Ironman. And, you know, I could have looked at it and been like, oh, this is awful. Like I can't train properly, blah, blah, blah. But I just looked at it every day and was like this is the journey like this is the journey everyone talks about and and you don't see till the end it's it's like while you're in it just just take a moment and like take it all in you know whether you're going out for a run on like a snowy day and you're just like like you just got to take it in because you know it's never going to be the same again um but the journey is is what you have to live for because on race day or or you know you never know what's going to happen. So, all right, uh, that kind of takes us up to right now, and yeah, that was that was kind of my journey. Uh, there's probably more I can go into detail on, but um, that's all for now, I guess. Um, I guess throughout this whole journey, like I say it as if I, you know, I never had any struggles, kind of thing, but I did have injuries as well, and uh, I injured my shoulder, my back, my foot. But every time, like, I was resilient and, like, came back from that, the biggest thing, I think, is I would take care of my body, um, just ate health or ate right. And I knew every time I didn't eat right, I could feel my body, like, deteriorating. Um, yeah, so just just know that every story, like, there is injuries and setbacks and, and things you have to overcome. 
like throughout the Ironman training, I injured my foot and couldn't run for 21 days straight, um, but was able to fix that issue um, with with some more training. And, and I looked at that setback as there's a reason this happened. Like there's a reason I injured my foot and I can't run, you know, and what came from that is I developed a better stretching routine daily. And, and now uh, I'm probably more flexible than I've ever been. <laughs> so everything, there's a reason just, you have to find it and learn from it. If you're not learning from the, the, in, or the setbacks or injuries, um, that's on you. You just you have to you have to find a way to learn. And so some of my future goals, I guess moving forward, my future goals, uh, I want to get into some ultra events, ultra running events. I also want to do another. I want to do a sub five half Ironman, and I also want to do a sub ten uh, full Ironman. So the the full Ironman will hopefully be in two years um, from now. But next year, we'll just got to get through the winter first and see. That's another thing. Um, if, you, if anybody lives in like a, a colder climate in the, in the winter times there, I'd recommend just trying to run outside in, in the worst possible weather because um, that, that just builds your resiliency. Don't try and, I mean, you can try and run fast if you want, but even just a zone two easy run, will benefit so much from just being in the cold you know have the proper care on like make sure you don't get frostbite and things like that but yeah those tougher winter months just build you up so much for for the easy i guess quote unquote easy uh spring summer fall runs so some takeaways i think that i learned throughout and and just throughout my story i i found was um, this one running coach that is worked with, uh, I guess, Bear Performance Nutrition and Nick Bear. So Jeff Cunningham is his name, and he was quoted saying, consistently good over occasionally great. And when I heard this, I was like, "This is." I feel like this is like my whole journey, like my whole story is, you know, I was never great at anything, but I consistently showed up daily put in the work that was needed to put in and it's gotten to me gotten me to where I am today which is if I look back and like thought about all the things I've accomplished it's like there's no possible way I could do that all at once like it's it's impossible but you break it down into a month a week you know year whatever a day one minute um showing up for one workout it, it, it just compounds, it consistently compounds, right? So that's what you have to take away is, you know, I did all these things, but it wasn't, I didn't do them all at once. It wasn't, boom, I have all these things. It's, no, daily it sucks. Like sometimes you wake up, you're like, I don't want to do this, but you, that day you do that thing and, or you do that workout and you feel 10 times better. So you just, you have to overcome that and, and, and build that self-discipline. And, and integrate that into your life. Um, oh, one one thing I forgot to talk about is a lot of the awards I received and um, throughout high school, university, football, uh, all athletics is there was one common thing that I noticed when I look back is multiple of the awards that I was you know 
an Ironman for the team, started all the games, you know, showed up to every practice, things like that. Um, and I took that, I went back and when I looked, I was like, that's crazy. Like, you know, quote unquote, it said I was an Ironman for those teams. And, and that's kind of why I wanted to become a, a full Ironman. It's just to kind of complete the circle of like, yeah, like I was able to stay or show up for every practice, you know, to every game. And just to finally have that full title of being an Ironman at, um, for triathlon was kind of cool to me. And, and just to show that to be an Ironman, it's like I was just consistent over time. Um, so, yeah, that's just another little fun fact that I I've wanted to touch on there. But other than that, that was uh, that was episode one. Hopefully, uh, you learned something about me. I mean, obviously, but uh, maybe you learned something about yourself and something you can apply to your daily life. And if not, well, look forward to the next episode. Um, we'll have a couple. I've recorded a couple episodes already. Um, a lot of good lessons learned from from some of these episodes, and a lot of great people uh, who have individual stories that are all different and you know they all have had some struggle and look forward to uh hearing from that but just want to say thank you for listening to episode one and we'll see you in the next one